0: Hello and welcome to the Diction Police. I'm your host, Ellen Rissinger, an American vocal coach accompanist on the music staff of the Semperoper in Dresden, Germany. As I like to say at the Opera House, Happy neue Spielzeit! I hope everyone had a fabulous summer vacation or summer program, and that you're all back in the swing, ready to buckle down again. We're starting off this Spielzeit, or season, with two German poems, Die Lotusblume, and Liebst du um Schönheit? Our guests for today are Mirko Roszkowski and Hans Zotin, and at the end we'll compare some common open and closed E's with Karin Bandelow. I spent a few weeks this summer again working with American students at some of the European leader programs, and I picked today's songs because of the problems that some students seem to be having with certain rules, and also because I had some questions about them as they came up too. But first, I wanted to talk about insecurity. One student came into her coaching with me this summer, having just received her class grades for spring semester, and she'd completely dissolved into tears because she'd gotten a B in acting. We've all had those moments when our insecurities come out, and it really brings out that voice inside our heads that says, maybe you really aren't good enough, maybe you should just give it all up. That moment came for me when I was about thirty. I had an audition for a pretty important opera house in the States, a fairly informal audition, just me and the head coach. And I'm here to tell you he ripped me to shreds. He hated the way I played bohème, he kept asking me specifics about Italian and German diction rules, and remember, I was pretty lazy about learning those rules in college, so I was going off my ears rather than actually knowing the rules. And he called me out on it for about an hour. I walked out of there completely defeated. I can honestly say that one hour shook my confidence for years. But I went home and that night I started looking up the diction for the next opera that I was scheduled to play. I made my Italian cheat sheets of open and closed words that crop up. I started really making it my business to be absolutely secure with the diction as well as the music. And eventually I moved over to Germany and was able to listen to native speakers and how they sound and applied that to the rules that I'd studied. In the end, diction became one thing that really set me apart from other coaches. And then I started a podcast which forces me to continue to learn the rules and hopefully makes it fun for other people to do their homework so that they never have a scary demoralizing audition like I had. I could have let that little voice in my head beat me, that insecurity, that voice that told me that I would never be good enough, that if that head coach hated me, then it was hopeless and I should just give it all up. But instead, I let that little voice remind me that while I may never be perfect, I can certainly always work to be better. So instead of being scared of it, use it as your marker. If that voice ever goes away, that's when you should worry. Let it be the thing that drives you to always study and practice and work hard, rather than something that freezes you up and keeps you from trying. I'll include links to the text for today at the blog at www.thedictionpolice.com. Don't forget the the. Our first text for today is Die Lotusblume, a poem by Heinrich Heine, which has been set by tons of composers. The version we're probably most acquainted with is by Robert Schumann. Most of us have heard of the story of Robert Schumann's fall into insanity. He actually moved to Düsseldorf in 1850 and attempted suicide in February of 1854 by jumping off a bridge into the Rhine River, right near where I used to go running every morning.
1: Die Lotosblume ängstigt sich vor der Sonne Pracht und mit gesenktem Haupte erwartet sie träumend die Nacht. Der Mond, der ist ihr Buhle, er weckt sie mit seinem Licht und ihm entschleiert sie freundlich ihr frommes Blumengesicht. Sie blüht und glüht und leuchtet und starret stumm in die Höhe, sie duftet und weinet und zittert, for Liebe und Liebesweh.
0: That was Mirko Roszkowski reading Die Lotusblume. And I have to say that title really, really carefully. Because, <laughs> I mean, I said to you earlier today, if, if I've been here nine years in Germany, almost. And I still want to say Lotus. I want it to be an, a U.
1: Actually, I don't know why I know this uh, Lotus version too, but... Um, because I think because of this poem, I know that it is Lotos Blume, and because of the operetta Landes Lächelns, where, where you also sing Lotos Blume.
0: Oh, is, yeah. that in, is that in What's His Faces song? Is that in Deines ganzes Herz? It's,
1: no, no, it's in, in the duet between uh, Lisa
0: and Suhong. Ah, yeah. okay.
1: Dich sehe ich, Lotos Blume.
0: Okay, so the first O is. closed. Long and closed. Yeah. Yeah, but the Lotusblume. second one.
1: Lotos Blume. So
0: the second one's opener. Yeah. Definitely. it's the open vowel yeah yeah
1: and dadurch yeah. manchmal <laughs> sometimes you, you don't even hear the difference between u and o because it's short and um, yeah. Yeah, it's opened. yeah lotus
0: and again it's a, a zusammengesetztes word a compound word so we have two, basically two words run together lotus blume exactly yeah yeah. And then we get. What's the is hardest
1: little... thing in, in lead literature? Exactly. Yeah, because of this long break between the words uh, "ängstigt" and "sich" in the in the song. Exactly. So uh, these really belong together.
0: It's a reflexive verb, right?
1: It is. Yes, sich ängstigen. Mm-hmm. So, um, however, you have to get the connection between. Don't lose the connection. Just think about the sich all the time you were waiting for. <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly. Well, yeah. and and to go along with that, it's not only the reflexive verb and it's a tough connection to get the two of them together, yeah. it's also this I-G-T ending, which, as you said, the verb itself is sich ängstigen. So the right. G is actually, in that case, ängstige. Ich yeah. mich ängstige. But here, when you put it together in the third person, it's a yeah. it's a, a C- siedige
1: Yes, it, it's it's true. It's uh, this very special thing in, in German with the I-G-T, mm-hmm. this combination often is uh, is used in the text of, of the Passions, of St. John's Passion, or whatever. It's uh, again and again, kreuzigt um, mm-hmm.
0: Steinicht, I- this is the yeah. we found, yeah.
1: Exactly, and Engsticht, so it's really, there's no G to here.
0: Yeah, it's case. really uh, basically the same as like, Selig, Heilig, uh, yeah. just an I- I-G yeah. at the end of a word yeah. anyway.
1: Yeah. yeah, this is... Yeah, you keep that when there's a T behind the, the G. Yeah, i I'm sorry for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> and at the start of the next verse, we get again one of our exceptions with that double consonants equals an open vowel.
1: Da-da-da-da, der Mond.
0: That's one of the very few exceptions in the O-family. And to, to compare that in the last line of that verse.
1: Ihr frommes, frommes, o oh. Yeah. So real open blumen O, gesicht.
0: as opposed to the real closed MUND. Yep. Yeah. And actually, while we're down there, we have another zusammengesetztes Wort right after fromes, another compound word.
1: It's Blumengesicht, Gesicht, which is composed uh, with uh, Blumen on one side and Gesicht, so Gesicht like face, on the other side. Don't um, don't think about the the combination of. Uh, of letters in between, it's not the menge, blumen right. gesicht. Yeah, yeah,
0: exactly. So that we actually in this so case get that gesicht. real g, yeah. And it's not actually in this case, we also don't get fing, we don't even get the end of the thing a whole
1: Yeah,
0: we just get blumen front end, blumen
1: gesicht, right.
0: yeah. And just before that, in the third line in that verse, we have a whole bunch of vowels in a row right in the middle,
1: yeah. It's um. It's a wonderful word that is not often used. Um, it's entschleiert, so um, the ei combination and then er afterwards. It's really hard to know how to how to spell that, um, or how to pronounce it. Entschleiert, so entschleiert.
0: Yeah, so the E yeah. I goes together in the first thing, and then E R T is comes together in a syllable it, after right. that. Right. Yeah, and do you say the T in the this E N T is a very common prefix? Do you say the T at that? I
1: I I think I'd not insist on that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Not really. Entschleiert because it's um, in in the com- combination with the with the S afterwards or the S C H sound. Mm-hmm. I think it's too much if you say entschleiert. It's really too hard to pronounce it. Mm-hmm. So. Entschleiert.
0: Mm-hmm. So it gets a little bit swallowed. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. In the last verse, we get the long-closed Yes. Two of them in a Sie, row.
1: Yeah, just to practice it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> Sie blüht und glüht. Und leuchtet. <laughs> oh my gosh, and,
0: I mean, because the Blut und Glut it's very, it's also very alliterate, alliteration, Oh alliterate, all... uh, Yeah,
1: even yeah. the sound is uh, really the same. And um, yeah, it's just in, in the next line with starrt und stumm. Yeah. It's also this wonderful particle. This, this Stilmittel. <laughs>
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we have in that first line we have the alliteration between Blut and Glut, and in the second one we have
1: Starrt and stumm. Yeah. Starrt, stumm in die Höhe.
0: Yeah, and again, yes. the double consonants there, starrt and stumm, stumm, Opens the stumm, opens that U vowel. Yeah. And also makes both of them a short syllable, yeah. right?
1: Yeah.
0: I, I have to make sure and say that Mirko is, is my Diction policeman, who reminds me all the time that it's not st, it's st with a T yes. after it, right?
1: Yes, it's starrt and stumm. It is not staret and stumm, but stumm and starret.
0: But we hear people talk like that, right?
1: Oh, yes, definitely. Always. But um, if you want to be better than the others, just say start. <laughs> <laughs> it's real tea. real T.
0: And I have to say, I do notice when people do that now. I really, I yeah. really hear it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And
1: mm-hmm. No famous ones.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> In the next line, we get a whole bunch of uns, U-N-T. U-N-T. How much, how much do we need the T at the end of that? Or the, well, the D, which D voices to a T?
1: Well, I need it. Mm-hmm. Sie duftet und weinet und zittert. So, und zittert, this is an exception because the, the Z, mm-hmm. really the, the, the pronunciation starts with a T. Right. So, um, you can combine und zittert. Und mm-hmm. But um, before, sie duftet... ...und weinet und zittert. Yeah. This is yeah. Very true. Yeah. Very very hard. It's only not pronounced in this in this case because the next sound is a, is a T. Right.
0: Phonetically.
1: So, phonetically. A T.
0: Yeah. And, and the very last vor word of this. For Liebe,
1: for Liebe und Liebesweh. That's Liebes my. Liebesweh. This is
0: my pet project. This is my <laughs> thing that I love to deal with right now because. As Americans, we like to say, we like to voice this S. Liebes. Liebe, we always want to voice these S's that are, yeah. geni- that are genitive. so that's the, the predest- Exactly. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and let me just say um, one word to this uh, D and T thing. Mm-hmm. We have it in the first verse, too. Yes. Uh, it's erwartet, sie träumen die Nacht. So, um, träumend... Die Nacht. It's not poss- not necessary to pronounce both. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, erwartet sie träumen die Nacht.
0: So we actually implode the T. Leave that in the mouth. Yeah. that stuck in the mouth. Yeah. In the mouth
1: really. die Nacht. Mm-hmm. That is my opinion. Yeah. Um, there are different ones. I know that.
0: I wanted to reiterate the point about ängstigt sich, both for the diction and the connection between the two words. This I-G-T ending in verbs doesn't happen very often, and I have to admit, I went searching for it in a few diction books, and you can find it mentioned in passing in a few of them if you're really looking for it. Among the examples that I found were the words Heiligt and Reinicht. One book says G is a cedilla when preceded by a, the letter I and not followed by a vowel in an unstressed syllable but they don't really go into detail, so that's one to really be looking for and be on watch for. As far as text is concerned, in the Schumann version of this song, there's an entire half a measure rest from angsticht to sich, (laughs) and it's a really tough thing to connect. If you look at the text, you'll realize that this entire piece is built from only three sentences. So make sure to think about getting from the start to the finish of every sentence and not just every musical phrase. Only stop for the commas. One thing I always suggest to singers is to make sure to find the subject, verb and object in every sentence. If you look at the third verse and realize that sie is the subject and blüht, glüht, leuchtet en, startet are all the verbs that relate to sie, you'll have a different connection to that Stadm and a different way of getting over the bar lines. Oh, I stumbled over how to use the word alliteration not as a noun, so I also looked that up. And apparently alliterate really is a verb meaning something that uses alliteration. It just sounded so close to illiterate in the moment that my ears got confused. Our second text for today is Liebst du um Schönheit, a Rückert poem, again set by pretty much everybody and his brother. <laughs> the two settings we're most familiar with are by Mahler and Clara Schumann. Friedrich Rückert was well known as a translator of Oriental literature, as well as one of the most influential German poets, and according to Wikipedia, he had mastered 30 languages in his lifetime.
2: Liebst du um Schönheit, O nicht mich liebe. Liebe die Sonne, sie trägt ein goldenes Haar. Liebst du um Jugend, O nicht mich liebe. Liebe den Frühling, der jung ist jedes Jahr. Liebst du um Schätze, O oh, nicht mich liebe. Liebe die Meerfrau, sie hat viel Perlen klar. Liebst du um Liebe? Oh ja, mich liebe. Liebe mich immer, dich lieb ich immer da.
0: That was Hans Sotin reading Liebst du um Schönheit. And when we picked this song, you, the first thing you said to me was, oh, this is a real exercise in getting between the closed and open eyes.
2: Yeah, you have this Liebst and uh, Nicht, Mich, Liebe. Yeah. So there, you can see the difference.
0: Yeah, it's always going back and forth between those closed yeah. and open sounds. Yeah.
2: And another hard thing is to decide, uh, the, to link Liebst, Liebst du or Liebst...
0: Du. Yeah, that's always a question of phrasal, yeah. what do they call them, phrasal consonants or something like that. Yeah,
2: and I think there's no clear answer about it. You just have to take a decision. If you really have time in a song really to, to get an effect, can enjoy, Liebst du. But if it's in a tempo like Liebst du mich, Liebst du mich, then, then it's just Stressing and it sounds stressed. Yeah. To try to liebst du? It's, it's, yeah, it gets over, too hectic. Over, hectic. Yeah, hectic.
0: Yeah, yeah over enunciated almost. Yeah, then. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The other thing I wanted to ask about actually is these consonants that unvoiced because uh, there again we have liebst du, where and then later oh nicht mich liebe. So here in liebe, it's between two vowels, right? So it's voiced. Yeah. So it's it's still a B sound. It's not a P.
2: That's. Yeah, that's right.
0: But when you get it before an unvoiced consonant so at the end of a syllable. It's
2: more in P direction, yeah. Liebst, liebst, yeah. liebst, liebe, liebst.
0: Yeah. You're yeah, right. And in the last line, we get a the word lieb without the E at the end, with an apostrophe. So then we get again an unvoiced consonant, right? It devoices the consonant.
2: Dich lieb, ich, lieb, ich immer.
0: Yeah. So that Auslautverhärtung yeah. works for us again.
2: I think you're more into the <laughs> than me. I don't think
0: <laughs> before. So you, just you may
2: be right. There are, I think we had another piece so we were talking about, the end Rs, uh-huh. and to take the decision to roll it a little, to, to pronounce it a mm-hmm. little, or just to-
0: Or to drop it away. Yeah. And what do, what do you advocate for Well, that? for me,
2: the, because I'm from north of Germany, it's natural to, to drop it. Yeah. But uh, somebody from the south would naturally not drop it, but speak it. They would say uh, more of them. More of them. Yeah. So, again, a question of taste and. Uh,
0: yeah, dialect basic um, in decision. some ways. Yeah. yeah. Actually, since we're talking about this Auslautverhärtung, the hardening of those consonants, we get the same thing at the end of the first verse.
2: Goldenes Haar.
0: Would you say goldness or would you say goldness because of the apostrophe? This is my question.
2: Goldness, goldness. Sie trägt ein goldnes Haar. Goldness, goldness. Sounds Haar, A Goldnes Haar. I mean, just from the meaning of this uh, golden hair, Yeah, it's nicer to have golden hair than golden hair. Yeah,
0: so, <laughs> so it just sounds uh, softer somehow. Yeah,
2: so yeah. I, I wouldn't mm. do too much gold goldness hair. No,
0: yeah, no. okay. And actually, now that we're talking about that, because of the word in English, we say gold, and we actually close the vowel slightly more than we would in German. Yeah. Because of these two consonants, it's a short sound, so it's open, right? Yeah. So could you say that for us again, so we hear the vowel this time?
2: Gold, yeah. Sonne, Gold.
0: Yeah. and the Sonne is with those double consonants, and then we really hear the double, that you actually hang on to those doubles too, right? Yeah. And we have the same sort of double consonant thing at the end of the whole song too.
2: Immer da.
0: Yeah, so mm. we really hear the hang on to the M's. Mm. But when we get double vowels... Like the letter E when it's a double, it actually changes the quality of the vowel, right? It makes it a closed, a closed E.
2: Yeah, mehr Frau.
0: Yeah, so we can hear that that's a closed E as opposed to
2: Perle.
0: Yeah, so that one, and actually we can hear also the R that we have to say though a Perlen. Yeah, but when we get an A and the letter A when it's doubled, all it does is lengthen it, right?
2: Yes, ha.
0: So it's not like, it's, it doesn't change the quality of the sound, it's not like a brighter ah or anything else, it just makes it a longer sound. Yeah. yeah. And the same thing with the H then, the H will do that to any vowel itself too. Yeah,
2: yeah, the
0: same thing. Mirko and I had also talked about those T's and D's that come together, which David Adams calls assimilation of consonant sounds in his Handbook of Diction for Singers. This topic is very important in a song like Liebst du um Schönheit, and if you noticed in listening to Hans reading the text, he separated the first Liebst du in the first verse as he read it, and then connected it after that to Liebst du. I think that was unintentional, because he and I just talked about whether or not we should assimilate them right before I turned on the recorder. The rule is actually exactly what both Hans and Mirko said. If there's time, you can separate the sounds, or if you need to separate them for clarity, it's possible, but not always necessary. I went to YouTube and listened to six recordings of famous singers singing this Liebst du um Schönheit. It was literally split right down the middle. Three said Liebst du, and three said Liebst du. Other letters that can be assimilated when they follow each other are G and K. Probably the most famous example is Der Tag ging regenschwer, or der Taking Regenschwer, and also the letters S and Z, just like in the name Hans Sothin. Soprano Karen Bandelow studied at the Hochschule in Stuttgart and went on to work at the Staatsoper in Stuttgart, performing in their Junge Oper series. She's performed in concerts and recital throughout Germany and Eastern Europe, as well as in Japan. Currently performing with the Junge Szene at the Oper in Dresden, Karen also has a growing voice studio in Düsseldorf. So what I, th- I thought we'd talk today about the differences between open and closed E's, which we've done before, but I just wanted to get some really clear examples. I try to reimagine
3: it as, a, you know, as somebody who cannot speak German or is not a native speaker. The best way, I think is uh, to really to look at the spelling um, with a phonetic alphabet.
0: No, and that's it's something you didn't... You, they don't really study over here in Europe, isn't it? Yes, not so much.
3: Especially not as a German person. You don't study how to spell correctly. So everybody thinks that... Of course, if you are a native German speaker, you, can. you know about the right pronunciation, but... There are a lot of differences, you know, it depends on where you live, northern Germany, southern Germany. There are also in between people who use a very good German. There are still some things which even German people don't know because it's not conscious, not everything is conscious. Uh-huh. So, uh, this is also very important, I think, for German people.
0: Okay, so let's get to some examples. And, and my favorite examples, I always start with articles. With those the pronouns and then the articles like yes. the words for him, he and him and all these words for the which make me crazy in German. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So the there word many possibilities. Yes. <laughs> there really are. <laughs> yeah, and for I, example for the,
3: so that's like die, dim or din, which is a closed e. Mm-hmm. And I would say if you sing it, think more in the direction of an eye also e mm-hmm. so closed and a closed eyes yeah, yeah it's like a mixed it's mix, it's like a mixture between e and I so you say e but you somehow think of an eye so dear Dean din. so it's not dem.
0: Game. Yeah, which it's is just,
3: like
0: and the funny thing very is, closed. exactly, because what, what, what you said before is, would be very close, would be closed to an American ear, but it's, I, I like to call the German vowels crazy closed, because they're like ludicrously closed.
3: Oh yes, and then the, you very much tend to, you know, be very, very close, so that somehow you get a little bit tight. Mm-hmm. So uh, find a way to sing it, still sing it, you know, that your muscles are relaxed, but it still sounds like a closed E. Yeah. Difficult.
0: <laughs> well, and I think your, your suggestion of thinking that E placement, yeah, the, that closed, that lowercase I, the closed E sound yeah. placement is a really good one, because the more you say E and yeah. put it in there, the less you'll try to cramp up.
3: Yeah, and especially the German language is quite, or much more in the back, so this also helps if you think about an E Yeah.
0: closed. Yeah, I, and you know, I always talk about the closed O in Mund, that Mund is one of the exceptions yeah. to the double, that there's two consonants after it, that it's still a long closed O. There's only two words that I've found, actually three now, with a closed, yeah. with a closed E sound, and that's S-T-E-T-S. Steets. Which means, I think, all constantly, right? Yes. The city where I live.
3: You mean, diseased
0: and- Yeah, so that was nice and closed, and especially for an American, we want to say Dresden. Yeah, that's
3: true, yeah.
0: And the other is the word for horse, P-F-E-R-D. Fiat. Which, for, there again, like I said before, a lot of these have R's. Actually, I think I said that to you before we started taping. Um that a lot of these have R's in it, so it feels somehow funny to have a closed E and then go to that sort of upside-down A. Yeah, true. Okay, let's compare some of these. We had a lot of closed ones, and actually there's, uh, there's one that I wanted to say that I forgot. The, the future for a form of to be. Yeah, Vieden. That's another one where it's really nice, long and closed and goes to an R. Uh, yeah, very important and very often. In Literature, of course. Exactly, which therefore ends up being in our poetry all the time. <laughs> yeah. Let's compare that then with some of the open sounds. So if we have, we had the articles, that's the, the the, articles are yes. the So thes. Yeah. But we also have open ones, like the genitive form of the article, the possessive form, D-E-S. Des.
3: Des.
0: Yeah, so there it's open. Much more open. <laughs> it really is, and I think it's I really cool. I wasn't
3: aware
0: of that. <laughs> <laughs> just to compare them too, the word for he is a closed one. Yeah. Exactly, and but the word for it is open. S. So there's not there's not like a tried and true rule for some of these short words. Yes. You, you just have, have to, to learn. Memorize
3: it.
0: Yeah. I'm afraid. And again, to compare some of these words with ours, now, in in one of the pieces that we're hearing on this podcast, Liebst du um Schönheit? She has pearls. The Meerfrau yeah. has pearls. And in German, pearls are? Perlen. Which is open. Yes. And I think it's interesting that you actually pronounce the R there with the tongue. You actually say a Perlen. Well, you say it rolled in the back and I can't do that, so.
3: Yes, if, of course, if you sing it, then it's with a Herlen, mm-hmm. And the, the E is like an E, which is a very exaggerated A. Yeah, very open. You,
0: yeah. No, because we would never in America, when we learn German, we don't say E for A umlaut. We call it A with an umlaut. Okay. So when you say it here, you always say E, and I always write it wrong, and then somebody says E, not E, and then I change it. Okay. So, so, but for the Germans, when I, when I say to a German that should be an open E, they write the A e with an umlaut. Yes, that's true, yeah. Yeah. So, some other words that come up a lot, um, the word for pain in German? Schmerz. The word for heart? Herz. The word for gladly? Gerne. <laughs> and actually, uh, the reason I wrote this one was just because there's an aria in it, a lark. Lärche. yeah. So, and I, I always think of that because it's Fenton's aria in the German Merry yes. Wives of Windsor. Yeah. We talked about the words dir, Dean, and deem. There's also another form that goes along with that. Wein and weem. W-E-N and W-E-M. All of these examples are, as we said, crazy closed. I love Karin's idea of putting that closed E in the same place as an E sound. It's really easy to tighten up the neck muscles in an effort to close the vowel. But since we're pretty comfortable with an E, think about slipping that E in that same comfortable spot. As we also said, DES, D-E-S the possessive form of the word for the, is open, and there's no single word WES, VES, that corresponds but there are a few other words that start with wes that are open as well. Weshalb and weswegen. These all have corresponding words with des too. Deshalb and deswegen. Weshalb is why. Deshalb is because. And oddly enough, weswegen is also why. And deswegen is also because. In school, we all learned the word warum to mean why. But once I moved here, I realized that most people don't say warum. The word that I hear most often is actually wieso. But you will hear weshalb and weswegen. So now you have a few more ways to ask why in German. And that's all for today. To find out more about Mirko Roszkowski, Hans Zotin, or Karen Bandelo, or if you have any questions or comments for me, Ellen Rissinger, please visit the blog at www.thedictionpolice.com. Don't forget the the. And if you enjoyed the podcast, please go to iTunes and give it a high rating so that others can find it and benefit from it. Thanks for listening. See you next week.